0: Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lumbeck the world messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic Legacy Leader Show. You guys have heard a treat specifically if you're curious what's going on with U.S. economy and financial services, financial industry, but overall with finance, with all the crazy stuff and trends that we're seeing happening simultaneously. And for anybody else that wants to really look at the accurate picture of US and then kind of anticipation how this is going to reflect in other parts of the world. I have here a super awesome expert that is being voted as top rated financial advisor and his team. It's amazing because of his exceptional leadership, which we'll find out how he does it. And then also someone who is actually having a regular show, a TV show and talking about Updates that are cause, creating cause and effect with hiring, with growth, and downturns of the economy. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to Stefan Contorno. Stefan, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing well, Isabella. Thanks for having me. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. It's absolute pleasure to have you here on the Legacy Leader Show as we always focus on ultimately, what are we creating now and what can others be impacted in positive way generations to come? Well, how is that resonated with financial advisory, extraordinaire?
1: Well, yeah, so again, thanks for having me. You and I have known each other for quite some time. So I appreciate you having me on my show. I am a fan of your show and uh, you do such great work. So thank you for that. You and I have spoken about this before. I mean, we are certainly in unprecedented times when it comes to the markets right now. There's a lot going on and a lot of what we do in my team, which is Touchstone Wealth Partners, we focus on education. So educating the public, whether it's through venues like this, you mentioned the news or just to our clients in general.
0: Mm. And you do an extraordinary job because one of the things um, we were talking about, and we will definitely deep dive in what financial industry look like just itself, right? Dealing with the wealth and longevity of other people uh, and portfolios and things that also you have to also deliver sometimes bad news that things are not looking as good. And we don't know how quickly they're going to recover. But in the same time, pressures. And one thing you did phenomenally well, do you mind sharing with the audience, what did you do uh, to be resilient and strong as an individual leader with your team and with your organization to be one of the top elite places, not only to work for, but also in terms of success
1: rate with your customers? Well, thank you for saying that. I think one of the big things is you surround yourself with great people, right? I think that's one of the most important things we do as a leader. For me, Isabella, I've been in this business of giving financial advice for about 25 years now. And like most people, I started off a very different way than where I am today. So for me, I actually started, I'm originally from the New York area, New York City, and I started my career up there. And about almost 15 years ago, while in practice, I made the very courageous decision, I guess, to pick up, move my family and go to a foreign place in Florida where I didn't have a single client and for the most part didn't know anyone to build a practice and a life down here. And a lot of that was really just a quality of life decision. So for me, it was about coming to a new area and trying to figure out what do I need to do to put my footprint in this area as far as meeting new people establishing a new client base. And it goes back again to surrounding yourself with great people. So for me, my journey started with meeting other professionals in my area, meeting them for a quick cup of coffee, just to kind of get to know them a little bit and understand their practice, and then building a relationship from there. Because for me, it always comes down to the client. And clients have various needs, and they need various professionals in their lives. So I wanted to surround myself with people who can help in all different aspects, whether it's financial, personal, wellness, whatever it may be, in order to help me refer and assist my clients. Now, from doing that, it's also important to have a mentor in your life as well. And I've been very fortunate. My business partner, Ken Wise, is also a mentor to me. And down here in Florida, we built what we're very proud of, which is a pretty successful wealth management practice. Within the firm, we're one of the largest teams. We have about 30-some-odd people. We manage a few billion dollars in assets. and, uh, And it's about the quality of people that work with us. We are a team of professionals. We have relationship managers. We have certified financial planners. And we do our best from a hiring point of view to try to make sure that we have the best people on our staff at all times.
0: That is fantastic. So attracting the best by offering the best. And of course, that is reflection of your leadership. And one thing that is very clear, you prepared so well in the good times for the bad times and also building a team that they have capacity to handle things emotionally, mentally, psychologically, obviously. So do you mind sharing how did you prepare knowing what everything's happening? I mean, you were in Florida. We just had a major devastation that never, I mean, to magnitude that never we've witnessed anything like that before specific in that region. And in addition to that devastation, a lot of people lost everything plus markets where they're also losing. How are you handling all of that?
1: Yeah. So from a personal point of view, of course, the hurricane that you're referring to Hurricane Ian that struck Southwest Florida a few weeks ago was a devastating event down here. Um, We were very fortunate, our team and our family, but unfortunately, there were a lot of people down here who were not, and they lost everything, as you mentioned. They lost their homes, they lost their cars, and they're rebuilding, and it's just a terrible time. And, you know, you can really equate that to the economy and what we're seeing right now. Everything in life, I believe, comes down to preparation. That's why we have insurance to protect our homes when we have certain uh, disasters like a hurricane. But you also want to do the same when it comes to investing. And you know how do you prepare? And I get this question a lot from people. So one of the big things we do, Isabella, is we have people who come in for second opinions. They basically come to our office and they want to seek a second opinion to understand if they're really in the right situation when it comes to their investments. And most of the time, I will look them straight in the face and ask them, do you have a financial plan? And that's a big thing because a financial plan means different things to different people. But as far as I'm concerned, a financial plan is a way to prepare for the unknown. So most of the time, people will tell me they do have a financial plan. But unfortunately, it's not really what I view as a financial plan. It's more of a glorified asset allocation plan, meaning many of us have done this, where you fill out a questionnaire and it says, what is your risk tolerance? If the market's dropped a certain percentage what do you do? How do you react? And that allows financial advisors to determine how risky or not risky you are and to develop your portfolio. So a financial plan in my world is extremely important. I'm a huge advocate of planning and I believe everyone should have one. So with that being said, let me tell you a little bit about how I envision a financial plan. So anyone listening and watching right now, hopefully they're in the same situation or have this plan in place. Isabella, But a financial plan is a pretty simple concept. All we basically do is we take a look at both sides of the balance sheet. We take a look at all of your assets, your investments, your home, anything that you own. And then we take a look at all your liabilities, everything that you owe from a debt point of view. Then we allow our clients or prospective clients to dream a little bit, to put on paper what it is that's important to them. What do you want to accomplish? Do you want to retire at a specific age? Do you want to live on a certain amount of money when you retire? Do you want to send your children to any college that they'd like? Maybe for some clients, especially when they retire, they want to travel. They want to do all the things that they didn't do while they were working for 40 some odd years. And they want to go on a certain amount of trips every year and spend a certain amount of money. Money means different things to different people. And we all envision financial and retirement Mm -hmm. planning in a different way. So when we establish what it is and the, the future that they envision for themselves as being retired, we essentially work backwards. We design an asset allocation or essentially a mix of how we invest the assets based on what they're trying to achieve so that not only we can hopefully put them in a very high confidence zone of being able to achieve everything that they want, but also, and this is the key, to do it with the least amount of risk possible. Okay, that's what a financial plan does. So when you say about being prepared, whether it's financially or for whatever it may be in life, for me, when it comes financially, it all begins with a financial plan.
0: Wow, such a powerful statement. Thank you so much for walking us through that process and sharing, and I'm sure now that people are very, very curious um, what that, I mean, what that looks like in the real world right now, obviously, uh, to be um, protected, to be secured, to be prepared, and in the same time to really know what we're working towards. Right? Um, right. I love. I love that you go in more, more in depth because my experience was exactly what you were just sharing, and it's so good. It's so great to hear that it's, on contrary, different avenues how we do an approach. First of all, our finance, our investments as well as planning and long-term impact and implications of that. With that in mind, do you mind now, Stefan, I'll shift a little bit gear here and tell us a little bit from your expertise, obviously being Barnes and Forbes top rated financial advisor and advisor team with your touchstone partners, World partners, I'm sorry, uh, you, you, you've been sharing so many reports and updates and people are freaking out. I have to say, maybe not openly, some of them are, but even in circles of executives that I'm being in, it's like, it's a lot of uncertainty, right? And we're not even out of 2022, and we're already freaking out what's gonna happen in 2023. So do you mind giving a little bit of peace of mind, what is and what is not going on and, and what are your predictions are with
1: economy in the United States and how best we should position? Absolutely, great great question. So to understand where we are and where we're going, I think we need to understand a little bit about how do we get here, right? So as we know, and we all remember, unfortunately, the great recession of 2007, eight and nine, that was obviously a very difficult time. And as a result of that period of time, we had many different uh, results and, uh, and effects from the Federal Reserve and the government, one of them being low interest rates. Everyone listening and watching right now knows that interest rates until very recently have been very low. And that's been part of the reason that the Federal Reserve has been able to really stimulate the economy. So if we go back until about last year, we noticed that we have been in a pretty good situation from an economic point of view. We have unemployment. was still today sitting at about 3.5%, which is at a 50-year low, which is incredible. We also have um, housing that has done so well now starting to cool off a little bit. So to, to answer your question pretty direct, it's important for investors to make sure they are thoroughly prepared for this type of environment. As I mentioned, I've been doing this for quite some time, and I remember the the '87 uh, you know you know market decline very well. I remember the technology bubble and of course the, the the recessions, the great recessions, the pandemic, and here we are today. And one thing I've learned is that. Every so often we get a downturn in the market. It's a normal part of the process, but it's how you react and how you're prepared for these type of environments. So I mentioned the financial plan. That is one of the best ways to prepare yourself for any type of environment, but you also wanna make sure you have the right investments. So going back to the financial plan, and I think this is very, very important. When we do financial planning, and for anyone listening and watching who has a financial plan, Hopefully you have accounted for this. First is inflation, okay? You always wanna make sure your financial plan uh, factors in higher inflation and how your money will be impacted long-term. But we also do something that I think is very important is we do a market, a a bear market test. Basically what that means is we use market simulations to shock a portfolio just as if we were simulating the Great Recession of 08 all over again. So if we took a look at your portfolio, we would say, how would Isabella do if we witnessed the Great Recession all over again? That is really, really important. And the other thing is what we refer to as bad timing. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people retiring this year, and it's a little bit scary, as you mentioned, when you're retiring at the same time when markets are down 20 to 30%, depending on which index you're looking at. So we factor that in as well. You wanna make sure when you have a financial plan that it accounts for bad timing, meaning you're retiring at probably the worst time you could. You can have back-to-back down years in the market and how will that impact your plan? Maybe it's, you'll be okay or maybe it will negatively impact your plan and it will allow you to make the right type of changes. So when we go back to this environment, there are other ways to protect yourself. The other way is to make sure you have the right investments. Many investors, when they see the markets decline the way they are, the first thing they wanna do psychologically is they wanna run, right? They wanna go all to cash, wait out the stock market with the intention of getting back in when things in their mind are better. Unfortunately, that's timing the market. We all know it's not only difficult, it's pretty much impossible, essentially because you need to be right twice. You need to be right when you get out of the market and you also need to be right of when you get back into the market. So I get this one a lot, Isabel. People say, well, can't I just come out of the market for a little bit and we'll come back? Unfortunately, the markets don't uh, have bells that ring that let us know when it's all safe and clear to come back. So we need to make sure that we're still invested in the right way. One of the ways we do that to protect our clients is that we segregate client assets into really three different categories. Each one begins with the letter L. There's liquidity, there's longevity, and there's legacy. So look at it this way, you take a portion of your savings and your retirement savings, anywhere from one year to five years worth of income needs. So for a client that needs to live on 80,000 a year, that could be 80,000 to roughly $400,000 that you want to invest in a liquidity account. A liquidity account is invested in a very conservative manner. Okay, you wanna be very careful here because you still wanna be able to get a return to keep up with inflation but you also don't wanna make this a high risk part of your portfolio. The reason you wanna do this is because when markets get volatile, you don't decide to hide and run for cover. You know you have one to five years worth of income needs and you can wait for the markets to rebound from a long-term point of view because historically they always have. The second part of that, that bucket is what we refer to as longevity. You have a longevity account which is where we invest the bulk of clients' funds, which are really for the remainder of their life. That mirrors the financial plan. And that's the way you're supposed to be invested. But what this does is it takes your eye away from the volatility of the market and allows you to have these longevity funds invested in a way where they mirror your financial plan and over time they will give you the growth that you need. And the last account is actually the legacy account. The legacy account is how we invest a portion of clients' funds, and these are divided whether or not they're going to be funds that you want to leave to your heirs or the next generation, or maybe it's just more of a tactical approach where you want to get maybe a little bit more speculative or you have something else in mind that you want to invest those funds. But for anybody listening and watching, that is a great way to protect yourself because it allows you to protect yourself in the short term for income needs, but also invest from a long-term point of view as well.
0: Wow. That was so valuable. Thank you, Stefan, for giving us the overview. And again, knowing what to focus on because knowledge is the power, but it's only powerful when we impl- when <laughs> we apply that. When we adjust our game, right?
1: That is correct.
0: So with everything that is happening right now, what are your, some of your predictions or things that you feel like you can share from a standpoint? Uh, I, I, I know that you mentioned low un- un- unemployment, but we're also seeing a lot of job freezes, uh, holds on major investments, contracts, uh, as well as uh, any, any dramatic change. Uh, and and some, some companies as well, individuals are playing offense. Um, some of them are playing very strong defense. So w- what, what are some of your predictions and what do you think is gonna happen?
1: Yeah, everything you said makes complete sense and I agree with that. And that is kind of the situation we're in right now. I mentioned before that one of the fuels of this economy over the last 10 plus years has been low interest rates. Well, as we know, inflation now is at about a 40 year high. And one of the ways that the Federal Reserve as we know is trying to combat that and in lower inflation is via higher interest rates, right? They're raising interest rates at really historic levels with the intention of slowing down the economy. And what that basically means is, last March is when the Federal Reserve started raising interest rates and they have been very aggressive in doing so. In fact, the last three times the Federal Reserve met, they raised rates by three quarters of a percent It is predicted at this point when the Fed meets next week or so that they're going to do the same thing. They're going to raise rates again three quarters of a percent. So the markets are definitely anticipating that already. And what this hopefully will do is that it will slow things down. So you mentioned unemployment. And as I said, we're at a 50-year low on unemployment. Companies are beginning to prepare for this because major companies now, while earnings have still been relatively strong, They know that things are going to slow down. They are starting to lay some people off at this point. We're seeing that. They're also at a point where they're freezing hiring, right? They're being very careful and very selective with who they're bringing on. So they are already preparing for these types of things. So that at some point is going to catch up. And if you listen to the Federal Reserve, they are implying at this point that we're going to have to see unemployment rise a little bit, hopefully not too much. Now, with that being said, with the Fed increasing interest rates, it takes a while before this takes full effect. You don't raise interest rates today and all of a sudden see inflation come down tomorrow. Depending on who you ask, it could take anywhere from six months to 12 or even 18 months before we start seeing the effect. So the prediction at this point is that the Federal Reserve most likely will raise by about three quarters of a percent at their next meeting. And then the markets now are starting to anticipate and hopefully anticipate that maybe the Fed will take a little bit of a break. You hear things like maybe they'll pivot or maybe they'll pause. It looks like they may have a pause at some point. No one knows exactly when that'll happen, but when they do, it'll essentially look like this. The Federal Reserve will raise interest rates. They will tell us that they're starting to see some of the effects of the increase in interest rates impact the economy, and hopefully then begin to slow inflation. When that happens, I believe the markets, depending on how you're invested, can respond very positively. That's why you don't want to try to time the markets and you wanna make sure that you're well positioned. We have interest rates on the rise. We have high inflation. We have a war in Ukraine. We have elections coming up. We have a lot of things going on. We are probably only one or two um, positive news stories away from seeing these markets start to rebound. So I would caution investors Not to get too conservative here. You still want to protect yourself and you can utilize some of the techniques that I just mentioned, but you also want to make sure that you're well positioned because something that people seem to forget is that markets are forward looking. Whenever you look at the stock market, it's not looking at the state of the economy today. It's looking at where things are going to be six months, 12 months, 18 months out. And what the markets are telling us right now is that they continue to brace for higher interest rates. We see mortgage rates rising quite a bit, over 7% on a 30-year mortgage right now. And they're anticipating that. They're anticipating layoffs. They're anticipating corporate profits to slow down a little bit. That's all been factored in. So you cannot wait until things get really great again before the markets come back. They generally come back way before that.
0: Excellent overview. Again, that is that is fantastic. And I'm sure everybody watching and listening are finding tremendous value, but also validation uh, in information that I already know, or information that they did not know to give them a little bit of peace of mind. And also, with that in mind, obviously, US economy is quite a bit resilient. And when we look at them from the global scale, and when we're seeing the shifts that are happening, a lot of manufacturing, a lot of uh, things from offshoring, it's coming back to you. U.S. in terms of investment, financiering, as well as um, be able to tackle everything and and, and fix broken supply chain delays, etc. So with that in mind, what would you say we can uh, look forward to it in 2023?
1: Well, yeah, so I think 2023 at this point looks like the Federal Reserve hopefully should be done with interest rates and, and the hikes on interest rates. If not, Maybe a few hikes here and there at the beginning of the year. But right now, and this is such a fluid thing, as you know, it changes so much. It's very difficult to tell because we need for the, the data to be able to reflect what the Fed is trying to do. But it's very possible that the Fed may begin to slow interest rates early next year. And that's at this moment kind of our base case of what we anticipate. At that point, we then think that the market will make a rebound, okay, but selectively. When we look back, we went through the longest bull market of all time everyone got very used to having above average returns in the stock market historically markets depending on which index you look at return anywhere from five to six percent we have obviously had much greater than that over the last decade and generally speaking usually things revert to the mean at some point so i would expect that while the markets do look appealing to me from a longer term point of view investors not only need to be careful not take on too much risk, but also need to have certain expectations. And the expectations are probably gonna be that returns going forward for the time being are gonna be a little bit more muted than maybe we're used to. And I think that is exactly why having a financial plan is going to be so important. Because if your portfolio is not returning 10, 15, 20%, that maybe you've been fortunate enough to experience over the last sev- several years, and you're only getting three, four, five percent you need to make sure that your plan reflects that and your expectations reflect that you mentioned the supply chain obviously that's been a, a big issue and it looks like that is going to continue to be looked at and hopefully rectified at some point but i think that's still going to be with us for quite some time i also mentioned we have elections you know that are that are coming up and i also believe that that's going to have a lot to do with what we see going forward as well but I think, you know, I'm one of the few people that right now are a little bit more optimistic than most. There's a lot of negativity out there. You turn on the news and that's all you hear, Isabella. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, there are reasons to be positive. Markets do go through these type of cycles. And one thing that has happened since the beginning of time is that markets have always come back. Now, the one thing I don't know, unfortunately, is how long it's going to take for that to happen. Sometimes it's very quick, like we witnessed during COVID in 2020, and sometimes it takes much longer like the Great Recession. But if you're positioned properly, you have proper expectations, you will weather out this storm just fine.
0: I love it. And I'm also glad that you're focusing on positivity and you spot on a lot of times, just even if we don't want to hear it, we still hear other people talking about creates a lot of anxiety, stressors, and a lot of times people also misjudge and make a poor decisions because they operate from fear or a lack of understanding and knowing, uh, and, um, pure, again, education to, to understand that everything is cyclical. And then in the, in the same time, uh, it's it is a testing, right? It's testing our tolerance and testing our capacity, but it's also testing our commitment. What are we trying to accomplish? With that in mind, obviously you have already carved amazing legacy for you, yourself, your family, and of course your customers and for industry. I'm curious what's in the, Bucket list for you, Stefan. Uh, what, what, what is coming next? What we would like to
1: see or do? Well, it depends from a personal point of view or professional point of view or both. Both. Well, professionally, we're always trying to get better and better at what we do. I mean, certainly hiring quality people, as I mentioned, is important. And what I've learned, Isabella, is as a company continues to grow, you need to make sure that you always have the best people because your needs grow as well. And so do the needs of your clients. So Education is a huge thing for everyone who works on Touchstone Wealth Partners. We always wanna do what we can to make ourselves better, more educated when it comes to financial planning and the economy. So that's a really important thing. Our team is gonna continue to grow, which we've seen very, very strong growth over the years, but we try to do it in the right way. We're very selective with the type of client that we work with, because we cannot be everything to everybody, right? That's not a good business model. So we're at the point right now where we wanna work with people who value professional advice, who value financial planning. And because of that, our clients, they get it. They're not calling us every day when the markets are volatile because we've already planned for these types of things. It's very different when you're investing a portfolio just to try to make some money in the markets versus having a financial plan. Big, big difference. So that is a huge focus of ours. And as technology continues to evolve, so will that technology within our practice. From a personal point of view, I'm an entrepreneur, like everyone listening right now on your show. And um, you know I, I have certain things and ways that I want to grow as an entrepreneur and as a person. And as I'm getting older, I'm realizing more and more that you know life is really about self-discovery. Yeah. So for me, I continue to evaluate where I am in my life in certain silos, right? There are certain aspects of our life, whether it's professional from a family point of view from a financial point of view from a fitness point of view wherever it is that's important to you you want to always focus on that and that is what I try to do you've probably heard people say this before but you want to look at every category in your life and you want to do whatever you can to try to be a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10 in every category and unfortunately for most of us at least myself i can say i'm not a 10 in every category there are ways and areas to grow in each each dimension of my life. And and I continue to focus on that. And I find self-discovery really, really important. So both professionally and personally, it's it's a journey, right? At this point, and it's always trying to get better at what you do.
0: That is fantastic. And I know that you, based on your uh, posts also, you are big uh, on on health and uh, your journey. It's been such encouraging for a lot of people that uh, don't know how to handle stress and pressures and seems like you're doing it. It looks everything so easy and seamless in many ways. So kudos. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but thank we you. know it takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment and perseverance and endurance, which also I'm sure brings uh, a, a very good point of overall, as you said, trying to aim to be the best you can. Uh, It's not about did I get there, but did I do all my best with what I got in terms of time, resources, and et cetera. So that's very, very admirable and commendable. But I'm curious, what would you like your legacy to be? What would you like to be known for? Because obviously, as I mentioned, you carved an amazing legacy already. But when we consciously think about, as you said, you know, life is precious and, so, and in ways short and time goes too fast. Uh, what would you like to leave behind?
1: Wow, great question. And I don't think about that a whole lot, Isabella, but legacy is still very important. Um, for me, listen, I've been doing this 25 years. I still have a ways to go, but at some point, uh, I guess like anybody else, I, I won't be doing what I'm doing right now. What I want to be known for is very simple. I want to be known as a person who helps educate people when it comes to their finances. It's that simple. So anytime you see the posts I make on on LinkedIn or social media, it's all about that. It's all about trying to empower people and educate people on understanding what money is. Because as I said, money means different things to different people. And we all spend our money in different ways. For some people, they want to have a lot of cars or a lot of homes. For some people, they love to dine out with their family. And for some, they just wanna sit on a beach with a beer and watch the sunset. So everybody has different views of what money can do for them. And it's my job to help educate people. One of the ways I do that is I actually teach a class at a local university here on the essentials of financial planning. And we do this philanthropically. And it's really because it's about giving back. You mentioned also about television appearances. so. I host a show, uh, it's a live segment on the news here on CBS Wink News, which is called Money Monday, and that is about educating our clients as well. We don't run commercials and different things like that. Everything comes down to education. So I guess if I could be known for one thing, it would be known as that Stefan has been giving financial advice to many people across the state and across the country about how important it is for financial planning. because. I keep mentioning the word financial planning and how important it is. So many people invest just to invest, take on way more risk than they need to. And I think ultimately make this a whole lot more complicated than it should be.
0: Mm, What a a great, again, uh, trajectory and a great, uh, I mean, not just the desire, but a great a destiny would to unfold of something that you're so passionate about and to bless so many people with. And reason again, we're still even current times struggling financial education. And I'm sure that our, our listeners and people that are watching the show are having really good sense of also where they're at and what they need to do. With that in mind, where they can find you and who are you working with. Because reason, why I'm asking is obviously you in Florida, uh, but with financial education and opportunities to. Get get educated, um, that, that, that really resonates with people, which, which, again, your segments are so powerful in that essence, easy to understand, easy to follow. And we know for some of us that don't have strong financial literacy, just the way we were raised or cultures we were born into, uh, where they can find you.
1: Yeah, I think I'm pretty easy to find at this point. I mean, I'm just a Google away. I mean, for anyone, you could just type in my name and Google and find me. I'm on LinkedIn. We have obviously websites for our team. So I'm pretty easy to find. My email address is my name, stefan.contorno at ubs.com. I am with UBS Wealth Management. UBS is the largest global wealth management firm in the world. And, uh, and our team, Touchstone Wealth Partners within UBS is one of the largest teams in the firm, we do have clients across the entire country, almost every state at this point. Uh, we have about 30 some odd people on our team. And uh, like I said, everyone has a specialty on the team and what they focus on. And we do second opinions quite often, but like you mentioned I am pretty easy to find. I like to post regularly uh, with various, either market updates or like you said just kind of optimistic type of quotes out there uh, just to make people feel good in a time where it's you know a little bit more challenging.